I know I set a high bar with the announcements. Come on, people. I'm not going to tell Come any on. jokes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, totally my pleasure to introduce somebody who's known Joe Davis maybe longer than any of us, and yet she still calls him friend, Margie Kruger. We're so happy to have you back. Actually, she goes by Mike. Yeah, my friends and my family call me Mike, so uh, I feel like I'm with friends and family here. And I was actually on the search committee that brought Joe Davis uh, to his former church. So I think I, I don't think anybody else in here was on that. So I think I may know him longer than just about anybody. You were on that search committee, Cindy. I was on the kids and I was there. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. Well, it's great to be back with you. Um, it's wonderful to, to welcome all of the online uh, viewers. Uh, we've got a special welcome for those that are watching from South Africa and, and from Lesotho. I know that uh, some of my Lesotho peeps are on there now watching, so enjoy and make sure that I don't tell any wrong stories. <clears throat> but let me pray for us before we open up the word. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you've given us your word. We thank you that it is alive and that as we read it, that it literally transforms our lives. And so we ask you to speak to our hearts and our minds today, imprint it upon our hearts so that we know exactly what it is that your spirit is saying to us today, and have us walk out knowing exactly what it is that we are to do after hearing your word. And so, Father, we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I work in Lesotho, which is a teeny, tiny country inside of South Africa. It's about the size of Maryland, the state of Maryland, and it has a population of about 2 million people. So small area, riddled with all kinds of challenges. It has, all right, my slides are messed up, is the remote... Good, I guess. Um, it has uh, one of three of the kids are orphaned in Lesotho. It has the second highest HIV AIDS rate in the world. Um, and along with HIV comes uh, TB, which is just rampant there. Uh, it has one of the lowest life expectancies in the world. Uh, about 50% of the population uh, lives in poverty. Their unemployment rate is 23%, uh, and especially among young people, it's even higher than that. They've got a gigantic problem with human trafficking because they, their borders are very loose with South Africa, and uh, the corruption is just horrible among the leaders. So it leaves kids with very little hope, the environment that, that they're growing up in. Uh, my first trip to uh, Lesotho was in 2007, and I fell in love with the people there. Uh, we started a Bible study in 2008 there with, and we started it with 10 kids. Uh, today we're up to 150, and our goal is to um, meet physical, educational, and spiritual needs among targeted groups of kids. And... Um, I have just, I absolutely have fallen in love with these kids as, as I've watched them grow up. Meet Kahatsvalong. 
He uh, has been with us since 2008, and so I have literally watched him uh, grow up before my eyes. Uh, Kahatsvalong is 19 years old now. He's a bright young man. He's the one on the far left there. Uh, and he works just incredibly hard. He lives with his mom and his dad and his five siblings. Uh, and right now, he's in his last few months, actually, of uh, high school. Kahatsvalong uh, it will be the very first person in his family that will graduate from high school which is just amazing. I, and the claps go to him because he's worked so hard uh, in that. And so, but with living with in a household of eight, it's a two-room home, no water, no electricity, uh, but they do have a shack that's adjacent to the house. And so Kahatsvalong and his two younger brothers live in the shack. Now, a little unsettling right now because they're in winter and the temperatures get down. Uh, the other night it was 25 degrees. So imagine living in a shack, no bed, on the hard floor, in those incredibly cold temperatures. And, and with so many people and no electricity, how do you study? How do you study? How can you possibly pass in school even if you've got the desire? Well, Kahatsulong's a smart boy. And uh, so he went to a facility that's close to his home, and he asked them if he would be allowed to come in to study. Um, they have electricity, they have Wi-Fi, and so he sneaks in every day and um, does his homework there. And it just, it's amazing. Not too long ago, he texted me, and he said, um, Mike, uh, I, wanna come, I wanna come to the States for college. Can you, can, you, can you get me into a college in the States? And, and I have no idea how I would ever be able to do that. But what I love about Kahutsvalong is that he dreams big. He dreams huge. So he's one of our uh, 150 kids that we work with. Every Saturday, they come to Bible study. And it's not a 30-minute study, an hour-long study. It is an all-day time together where they sing, they dance, they study the Bible, um, and they have literally become like family to, to one another. I love going over there and spending time with them. But my last trip, uh, which I, I came home March 3rd of 2020, made it impossible because of the pandemic to be able to physically go over there. So we Zoom every, we Zoom every Saturday, 7.30 a.m., we're on Zoom, and, and we can get as many as 60 kids that sign on, and we do a complete Bible study. So they're still continuing to gather together on Saturdays. Um, and, but it's, it's been life-changing, the pandemic, not just for us, obviously, but also for the kids over there. Kadimo is one of my leaders there, and uh, Kadimo is as beautiful inside as, as she is outside. She absolutely loves her work with the kids. And whether she's dancing and singing or playing with them, uh, she is so committed to these kids. And she's a, a tremendous leader. 
She's a great visionary. Uh, she's, she's so committed to them. She even has put her life on the line uh, to make sure that these kids stick together and are able to come together on Saturdays. Um, most importantly, though, she is very committed to um, sharing the word and teaching them how to live it out. Uh, and, but all of that pretty much came, to an, came close to coming to an end. Uh, just recently in January, uh, her mom, well, first her sister, then her mom uh, got COVID, and then Kadimo picked up COVID. Uh, her sister recovered, okay. Uh, her mom was doing a lot better with it. Uh, I honestly thought I was going to lose Kadimo. She was that sick. And they've got, they've got no medication. They've got no resources. They've got no hospital beds, they've got no oxygen, they've got nothing there. And um, then on January 27th, I got a call from Kadimo, and she said, um, my mom is in the hospital, she needs oxygen. Um, they sell the oxygen by the minute there, if you can believe that. And she said, but I don't have money to pay for the, for the oxygen. And so we committed for 10 hours of oxygen for her mom. Uh, I got a call later that night uh, that her mom had passed away from COVID. And then on February 10th, uh, her father passed away from COVID. And so it literally, COVID swept through this family. Kadimo has recovered. She fought it. She's strong. And um, she's doing well. But the ache that's left in our heart from losing both parents so close together is just tremendous. So how do Kahotsvalong, how do Kadimo, how do they have hope? And uh, the, the title of this message is Dare to Hope. And they have found the secret of having hope in the midst of horrible challenges and situations that they live in. So if you have your Bibles with you, please turn to Lamentations 3, and we're going to read why they have hope. So Lamentations 3, Lamentations is between uh, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, and here's what the author of Lamentations says. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy, mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. They, when they remember those verses, that's where they have, that's where they dare to hope. Now, the author of Lamentations wrote this in the midst of terrible struggles. And the, the rest of the book is basically one cry of how horrible their situation was. It was written shortly after the destruction of Jerusalem in 586 B.C., and it was as a result of the disobedience of the Israelites that it was destroyed. So they were living in a seemingly hopeless situation, and in the middle of the book, there's a statement of faith. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The reason for the hope starts 
with the steadfast love. And there's a really cool Hebrew word that's used for steadfast love. It's, it's, the word is hesed. And it's a, it's a hard word to define. You can't really, you can't really take one English word um, to define hesed. But it, it's more of a loyal love. It's, an, um, it's not an emotion or a feeling, but it involves action on behalf of someone else. You got that? It's this loyal love, hesed. And it's expressed in both God's loyalty to us uh, as well as to his promises. And so even when we are disobedient, even when we sin, when we are unloyal to God, his steadfast love, his loyal love, his hesed remains um, with us. And the true fullness of hesed is seen on the cross. Jesus is the, the complete, the fullness of hesed because that true love he, that he had between he and his father as well as between he and all of the people he met with, that true hesed hung on the cross, took our place and was the loyal love that provided forgiveness for our sins. And so Jesus is the manifestation of Hesed, that loyal love that we see in Lamentations. So when all else fails, when you lose people you're close to, when you're struggling against difficult circumstances, it's that loyal love, that Hesed love that prevails. Kahotsvalong and Kadimo understand that. And they believe that. And so they dare to hope. They know that amidst the challenges that they can have hope. And then the author of Lamentations tells us that his mercies never come to an end, that they are new every morning. And the Hebrew word for mercies there is rakam, which means to show love, to show mercy, to love deeply to show or to have compassion on someone. The rakam speaks of the tender felt concern that God had for his people. And we're told that that compassion and mercy is new every morning. You don't have to worry about the compassions or the mercies for tomorrow because you got it today. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. But he, we, there's enough for today to live today, and tomorrow we receive new mercies, new compassion, new love with it. Um, Jesus talked about it when he said, um, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And that's in Matthew 6, 34. <laughs> and I, I love it when, when I, I come from a very long line of warriors. I mean, we are some of the best warriors. My mother is tops when it comes to, to worrying. And there are times that I get so worried about the maybe the what ifs that could happen that I've got to literally sit myself down and say, Mike, <laughs> you got enough going on today. Just concentrate on today. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. 
And that's exactly what the, the author in, Lamenta in Lamentations is telling us. He's saying that the mercies will come. They will be new every morning. And the response to that is um, praise of God. And the author in Lamentation says, great is your faithfulness. And that word faithfulness in Hebrew would be translated, it could mean steadfastness or uh, firmness. And it's the promises that God made way back thousands of years ago. Those promises are still good today, completely good today. And so how can I say that? How do I know for sure? That, there, that God will always be faithful? Well, I've learned a little secret. You can see a pattern of God's faithfulness as you read the word. From the first page to the last page, you can see how God is faithful to what he has said he's going to do. And the more that I read about God's faithfulness and that that never changes, the more I trust him. The more I learn about his character, the more I come to not just trust him and see his faithfulness, but I love him more. You know, how long have you guys been married? 59 years. Okay, 59 years. What would happen if Ed came home and never talked to Betty? Well, they're laughing, but maybe Ed is, Ed, Ed is a man of few words. But um, if they never spoke to each other, they would never get to know each other. They wouldn't have the relationship that they have. It's the same thing with us and, and, and with God. If we never talk to him, if we never read about him, if we never get to know him better, how much are you going to trust him? Not much. You don't trust someone that you don't know. And so it is imperative to be in the word and to see that God's faithfulness never fails us. Another way to learn about God's faithfulness is to look at your own history. Look, look back and see where God has been faithful to you in the past. I would encourage you, if you do not keep a journal... Start today and just write down the little and the big ways that God is faithful to you. Um, I do mine on the computer, and I literally, I password my files so you can't read my sins. Um, <laughs> but but you, I can literally go back to 1991, I think it is, and read how God has been faithful to me. And so at times when my faith is wavering now, I, I can go back there and I can say, okay, God came through in this one. He, he's going to come through again. He's going to come through again. So the same way that we learn to trust the character in someone else, we need to learn to trust God's character through his word, through how he's worked in us. And then we can stay faithful. We can stand strong in the midst of whatever circumstances are going on. Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. You got that? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he 
who promised is faithful. This is Tato. I've known Tato for uh, the past 11 years. Uh, she's spunky. She's got a heart of gold. Uh, she's really, really good with kids. Uh, her English is impeccable. She's never, ever at a loss for words, ever. Uh, Tato has been raised by her grandmother, Irene, since she's been little. Uh, she's a double orphan. Both her mom and her dad uh, have passed away when she was very, very young. Uh, and <clears throat> when the first time that she shared with me uh, about her own struggles, uh, it was very shortly after I met her. Uh, she's very open and honest about what she's gone through. And, and I cried when she told me about her mom and when she passed away. And she told me the whole story, and I, I just I couldn't contain myself. And I've been to where her grave is. And, you know, Tato, there's, there's that ache in her heart from having lost both her parents. And she texted me. It was actually just this last week. And she, she wrote this. She said, you realized when I was hitting rock bottom, when I sat in a group of people and no one could see that. You talked to me, and since then, things are getting better. You teach, yes, but you, are, you are, are also there. And, you know, I may have been physically there when she was sharing this stuff with me, but Jesus is with her all the time. I can't be with her now. I can't physically be there. I can't be the arms that give her a hug, but Jesus is with her all the time. He never leaves. He has never walked away from her because of his loyal love for her. And Tato has achieved things that are just amazing. This picture here, she's sitting on her, her bed in her dorm room at college. Uh, Tato is in her, she begins her fourth year in law school this August. And it's because she dares to hope. Her identity is not that she is an orphan. Her identity is that she is the daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And yeah, you can clap for that one. So Tato knows the key, as does Kahatsvalong and Kadimo. They know the key to dare to hope is to trust and believe in God's steadfast, loyal, Hesed love, and that that love and his mercies are new every morning. And they know that his faithfulness never, ever ends. And the thing that's so cool is that we can all, we can all have that same hope that the kids in Lesotho have. And I can tell who has that hope just from looking into your eyes and seeing it on faces. 
It is so different to see our kids over there who have hope. Their entire countenance is different. And when they walk into struggles that, that would horrify us, you see the hope in their eyes. And that's the same thing that God offers each and every one of us. It's to believe in that Hesed, loyal love, that each morning brings that love and mercy, and that the God who called us is faithful and never, ever changes. Let me pray for you. Father, we come before you and uh, praise you that the love that you offer, that you offered to the Israelites, the love that you offer to our friends in Lesotho, the love that you offer to everyone around the world, you offer individually to each one of us. And Father, we want that loyal love. We want to draw on that on a daily basis. We want it to change our lives. We want it to increase our, our faith. And when we're, when we're getting a little lower on tapping into that love, just fill us up to overflow. Fill us up with your loyal love and have us grab hold of your hand on a daily basis as we walk through life. Take us deeper and deeper into your word. Draw us closer to each other as we seek to live for you. And Father, we look forward to the day when we will see you face to face, when we will literally be sucked up in your embrace and that we will understand that loyal love in a way that is impossible for us to understand here. We look forward to that day when we will see you face to face and climb into your arms and just experience your love for all of eternity. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Any, anytime you want to come back, right? Anytime. Thank you, Mike. Anytime. All right. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for watching us. If you want to connect, contribute, and serve, please see uh, Lisa over at the table. Come find me. Come find Matt or Amy or Jen or, well, not Jen. She's in Michigan. Uh, don't find Jen. But we would love to have you. If you want to connect into Grace Life Church, please, all you have to do is just raise your hand, and we'll find a way for you to connect and contribute into this, this faction of God's kingdom. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face, his countenance to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and may he give you peace. All God's children said. Amen. All right, be here next week. Thanks, see you guys.